The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Hey, how you doing there? Guess what? Yes, it's episode 20 of the Mr. Nelson Show. Yes, that's 20. The number with the number two followed by a zero. Well, it seems Senator Ted Cruz won the big Iowa caucus. Or did he? Oh, boy. Yes. Donald Trump called foul because of his good friend, Ben Carson, whom he said was a crappy surgeon and even implied he might be a child molester. Well, but now he's a good friend of his. Anyway, uh, supposedly, Ted Cruz was dirty and sent out a lie that Carson was dropping out of the race so that his voters would support Cruz instead and push him into victory. According to this snippet from the New York Times, the Cruz campaign defended what they did by simply saying that uh, our campaign shared an accurate report that Carson was suspending campaigning after the caucuses. While perhaps narrowly correct, it is largely understood that suspending a campaign means a candidate is quitting. That was how Representative Steve Keene, Republican of Iowa, who endorsed Mr. Cruz, interpreted the report in a Twitter message he posted about 20 minutes after the caucuses began on Monday. And... Keep in mind, this is 20 minutes after the caucuses began. Uh, what did he say? He said, uh, skipping New Hampshire in South Carolina, the equivalent of suspending. Too bad this information won't get to all the caucus goers. A minute later, Mr. King added, Carson, looks like he is out. Now keep in mind, he's saying, looks like he thinks it. He doesn't really know that he is or not. And this is going on, this is based on a CNN report he received. See, the Carson campaign prepared a timeline for its internal use showing that the episode began at 6.43 p.m. I believe the caucuses began meeting, uh, like, after 7. So there's not a lot of time here. Anyway, in Iowa, uh, the event began at 6.43 p.m. in Iowa when a CNN reporter, Chris Moody, said on Twitter, Carson won't go to New Hampshire or South Carolina, but instead will head home to Florida for some R&R. Moments later, Mr. Moody tweeted, Ben Carson's campaign tells me he plans to stay in the race beyond Iowa, no matter what the results are tonight. Ten minutes later, Mr. Osborne, who was traveling with Mr. Carson, which Mr. Carson, he's Dr. Carson, but anyway, clarified in a tweet that the candidate will be going to Florida to get fresh clothes before heading out on the campaign trail. Because, I don't know. They don't have laundromats in uh, New Hampshire. But anyway, so that was the explanation for why he wasn't immediately going to New Hampshire and that sort of thing. But ultimately, the cruise people were saying, hey, we were just repeating what CNN said. Well, Brooke Baldwin of CNN had a problem with that. That's right. So let's see what she had to say about it. Just so we're all cl crystal clear here, when, when Senator Cruz, with all due respect, uh -huh, tries to throw my network and CNN under the bus, let me stand up for, for my colleagues and my journalists here in terms of the CNN report that he keeps quoting that he believes we, was, you know, what, what yeah, we never yeah. said uh, with regard to Dr. Carson's campaign and, and going to Florida. Let me be precise in case okay, this is okay. seen again. Uh, we reported it accurately, and here are the facts. 
Dr. Carson's staff told us that he re would return home to Florida to, quote unquote, take a breath from the campaign before resuming his well, activities exactly, on the campaign but... trail. That accurate w w report was disseminated on television and CNN Digital, and that was that. That was that. Congressman Meadows, let me just bring you back in. Forgive me. I just, when somebody tries to take down the media and misreport something, it uh, gets me a little fired up. That said. Oh, don't mess with Brooke Baldwin. Well, quote unquote, she says. I'm not sure who she's quoting here because the story began with CNN's uh, Chris Moody, who said R&R. &R. Now, of course, he is <laughs> splitting hairs, but nevertheless, uh, not entirely accurate. So I guess that's what she's referring to, but I'm not certain. But then again, uh, CNN was covering the whole thing like any news organization would. And uh, they had their reporters live reporting on this stuff. So what exactly was the television report of this whole mess? Well, let's take a look. Dr. Ben Carson, what have we learned? That's right. We should say that our Chris Moody is breaking this, this news yeah. that uh, Ben Carson is going to go back to Florida, to his home, regardless of how he does tonight here in Iowa. He's going to go there for several days. And then afterwards, he's not going to go to South Carolina. He's not going to go to New Hampshire. He's going to come to Washington, D.C. And he's going to do that because the National Prayer Breakfast is on Thursday. And the people who have been following Ben Carson's career know that that's really where he got himself on the political map attending that prayer breakfast yeah. and really giving it to President Obama at the time. And he became kind of a hero among conservatives, among evangelicals especially. But, but it's very unusual. Very unusual. To be announcing that you're, that you're going home to rest well, for a few days, not going mean? on to the next site. Plus, he's already announced that he's going to be coming out and speaking at 915 local, mm -hmm. 1015 Eastern, no matter whether or not uh, we know the results, uh, because he wants to get home and get ahead of the storm. Look. What if you, you want to be president of the United States, you don't go home to Florida. I mean, that's just what? bottom line. That's the end of the story. If oh. you want to signal to your supporters that you want it, that you're hungry for it, that you want them to get out of the campaign, you've got to be out there doing it, too. And he's not doing it. It's very unusual. Very unusual news that CNN has just learned. CNN's Chris Moody breaking the story. Wolf, back to you in Washington. Very <laughs> significant news indeed, guys. Thanks very much. Well, gee, what do you think they were wink, wink, nudge, nudging there, huh? Yeah, that's right. They were getting to think, oh, boy, we're about to get a statement from Carson saying he's out, huh? Yeah, that's what everyone concluded. And so Cruz's people did, too. And they said, hey, look what CNN said. So essentially what uh, Cruz's campaign is saying, how this got started and what it was all about is true. And uh, as far as Brooke uh, Baldwin goes, I suggest you watch her own channel. If not, uh, if that's the if she did watch it, then I guess she's lying. Because uh, this is pretty much what they said. <laughs> so there's no big real he stole it or any of that crap. Uh, so, and I don't to go get clothes. I don't know what's going on with Carson there. I mean, I like the guy. He's then probably the nicest man to ever run for president. <laughs> but uh, this is all kind of strange. So I don't know what that was about. But as far as uh, Ted Cruz stealing the uh, the Iowa uh, caucuses, uh, no, sorry, uh, not there. And uh, as far as Brooke Baldwin, I'm fired up. Well, like I said, you you need to watch your own channel. Anyway, remember when uh, Donald Trump didn't show up for that last Republican debate and uh, probably hurt him in the Iowa caucuses? Well, instead of going to the debate, he decided to hold a, a fundraiser for uh, 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 veterans. 
And so that was a nice thing to do. Um, but apparently this caused trouble for one of the big donors to said uh, fundraiser. Uh, Marvel Entertainment CEO Isaac Ike Perlmutter is facing heavy criticism for donating $1 million to American veterans uh, at the uh, Donald Trump uh, fundraiser event. Um, and Marvel is the uh, people who publish the Marvel comics and are behind all the uh, movies, or the superhero movies, the uh, Avengers and Captain America and Iron Man and all that stuff. So, you know, big deal. You know, they were sold to to uh disney so disney's the big parent company right now but uh anyway this guy runs the marvel entertainment part of it and he gave a million dollars to donald's uh veterans deal and they ultimately raised six million dollars so one million of that was this guy and uh, trump said at the fundraiser perlmutter is an unbelievable man who is also one of the great great men of our country in terms of business and talent and uh well, who can argue with that when he gave a million dollars to veterans, you know? I mean, uh, what are you doing? You know? So, come on. But no, no. Uh, a representative for the Marvel exec and his wife, Laura, later told industry outlet The Hollywood Reporter the Perlmutters are thrilled to support their friend, Donald Trump, in his efforts to help veterans. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, they probably should have worded that differently, huh? Perlmutter's decision to donate to veterans created an immediate backlash among critics of Trump's campaign online, where, where Perlmutter had been described as a supervillain and accused of promoting racism and gender inequality for supporting Trump. In calling for a boycott of Marvel, left-wing news site Salon wrote that Perlmutter's decision to support vets through Trump demonstrates the comic book giant actively discriminates against women and minorities. Salon writes, Thanks to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel Comics has become one of the most influential forces in shaping American popular culture today. Unfortunately, Marvel has refused to use this power responsibly, even as their celluloid and pulp characters rake in billions fighting fictional boogeymen. Marvel continues to actively perpetuate many of the racial and gender inequalities that thwart justice in the real world. As such, Perlmutter's support for the Trump campaign, which that's not what he did, he gave money to the veterans, but nevertheless, which has emerged as a potent vehicle for racist and Sexist ideologies cannot simply be dismissed as simply one more occasion of a right-wing plutocrat backing one of his own. On a deeper level, it demonstrates that the reactionary ideals embedded in Trumpism are also promoted in our entertainment products, and that if we are going to oppose the former, we must also recognize and take a stand against the latter. Beyond simply endorsing Trump's campaign, he is actively backing his efforts to punish Fox News for not capitulating to Trump's misogynistic demand that Kelly either counts out to his ego or not be included among the panel's moderators. Between that and his willingness to help elect a presidential candidate whose campaign has been fueled by bigotry against Mexicans and Muslims, it's impossible to believe that Colonel Butter's reactionary beliefs aren't shaping the properties he plays such a major role in helping the craft. Salon adds, Progressives have the power to compel Marvel and its business allies to change its racial and gender attitudes. Some people just don't want you to give a million dollars to veterans. 
So anyway, there was some other backlash on the Twitter. Let's see. Self-described comedian Peter Coffin uh, called for Paramore to resign from Marvel. Uh, let's see. He wrote, uh, Support for Donald Trump needs to be treated as support for white supremacy because it is unacceptable at Marvel. Donald Trump isn't a non-serious issue. He's proposing fascist policy. He's courting white supremacy. Zero tolerance. At Marvel. Summary. At Marvel CEO donated a massive amount to Donald Trump, heavily indicating racism. Stepping down is the only acceptable move. Again, he donated the money to veterans, but, you know, why know what you're talking about before pretending you're some sort of civil rights hero, which you're not. Uh, let's see, this from Sean T. Collins. Glad the entire world has learned what comics fans already knew. Marvel CEO Ike Perlmutter is pure garbage. And this from Andrew Wheeler at Wheeler. Anytime Marvel cheapens women or marginalizes minority voices, it shores up a culture that leads from employees to Perlmutter to Trump. And Tom Spurgeon at Comics Reporter. One thing like Perlmutter could do is donate directly in a way that benefited older veterans that have contributed work to Marvel Comics. How do you know where the money's going? Is two veterans. I mean... <laughs> Why is it such a crime that he gave a million dollars to veterans? <laughs> uh, Donna Dickens at Mildly Amused. If Ike Perlmutter giving one million dollars to Trump isn't proof he's a supervillain, I don't know what is. Can we give at Marvel TV to Phage now? Whoever that is. Uh, Brat Party at Antique iPod. Marvel CEO like Perlmutter giving Trump $1 million seems very in line with his film's preferences for alpha males and militaristic authority. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Brett doesn't like veterans getting a million dollars, yeah. And lastly, we have Claudia P. at Dietzy. Oh, God, now I'd have to go and watch Batman vs. Superman because of that idiot Isaac Perlmutter who paid $1 million to Trump. Hashtag Marvel. Again, it was, it was money he gave to, to veterans. Boy. These people, huh? And uh, I know something of the comic book world because, uh, yeah, I'm one of those people. <laughs> Although here lately, uh, I can't stand any of them. They're all crap. They keep doing these reboots, and they've been doing them for uh, about five years now. Uh, they don't seem to be too concerned about actually having a decent story. It's just they got to change everything around. So the latest trend now is uh, there's too many white characters, so you got to change them into at least black characters or women or something and they need is one of the complaints is not enough transgender characters so i don't know if they're going to change them to that but this idea of changing a character that was just some white guy into a black guy i would think that's kind of insulting insulting to the black guy um 
uh, I think that they took there was this character that was in the Captain America comics, and he he was in the, he was in the uh, Avengers movie, or no, the Captain America one of the can't they can't keep him apart. Anyway, the Falcon, and he was always this black guy, and I think that dates back to the seventies. And he was always around. So that was his superhero name and what he did. He had this suit and he could fly in it and all this sort of thing. I believe he had a pet bird, too. <laughs> uh, you know, like a real falcon. But anyway, uh, they did some story where Steve Rogers, the original Captain America, something happened to him. And suddenly he was an old man, which he would be had he lived normally instead of being frozen. It's, anyway, it's a long story if you don't know it. Anyway, uh, he was an old man, so he couldn't be Captain America anymore. So uh, the Falcon stepped in, so he got a new outfit that's, you know, was pretty similar to his Falcon outfit, but but was now all red, white, and blue, so he could be Captain America, and he carried the shield and all that. So he was the new Captain America, so now we got a black Captain America, and that's better, and if you have a problem with it, you're a racist. Um, so, of course, in time for the movie of Captain America coming out, uh, Steve Rogers once again got young again, and so now he's a new Captain America. But, of course, it would be racist for the Falcon to go back to being the Falcon, I guess. So he, there'll, there'll be two Captain Americas. <laughs> oh, and there's two Spider-Man. There's a black Spider-Man and a white Spider-Man, too. So that's important because to not do it would be racist. Because you know, the only reason any of these characters were white to begin with was because the creators were all racist. Uh, so, but, uh, but you see the, the deal here, but getting back to my point about the Falcon, uh, why not uh, make the Falcon into this superstar character? If you, if you think you're the writer with the talent and the artist that can pull that off, uh, take up the challenge instead. Yeah. You just slap Captain America's suit on him, which is nothing new. There's been other Captain Americas that keep doing this story all the time. And, and they've done it with Batman. They've done it with, you know, this is some other guy in the suit. doesn't really matter. Uh, so they did this. But apparently uh, that's not enough because the CEO of Marvel uh, gave a million dollars to Trump. And that proves that he's a Nazi. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why anyone even believes in this crap of uh, switching characters around is some great uh, movement forward of uh, uh, evolution in our social culture and what have you. Uh, but people apparently do believe this. Uh, there was a comic book that got canceled because it uh, didn't have enough readers. So that's what happens. And uh, this was a character called the Black Knight. I'm not overly familiar with that one, but anyway, uh, it didn't go very well. So uh, it got squashed. But of course, again, like I keep said earlier, uh, for five years, there's been all these reboots going on. So they keep rebooting. They're starting over and starting over and starting over. And then there's a new character and it's just and they change it around and all this sort of stuff. And most of it to fit into uh, PC narratives. Um, so they figure, you know, there'll be another Black Knight comic book down the road at some point, or he'll be on some team or whatever. They'll reintroduce him. So uh, in the comment section to the story that was uh, posting this news that it was being uh, uh, canceled on uh, Newsarama, uh, there some people chimed in. And this one guy, uh, Alex Miner from Lutz, Florida, said, wait for it. At the end of the month, they'll say the sword is found by some genius introvert inhuman of some ethnic minority and restart with a new number one, which is likely. <laughs> uh, then Jose Velez Martinez wrote, who's also transgendered. Don't forget that one. <laughs> and this too could be likely. <laughs> so they're playing around with it, you know, but of course you can't do that because that's wrong. So I guess... 
Uh, some people out there are probably thinking these guys are terrible racists and what have you. But anyway, then, of course, somebody had to chime in who does believe in the PC religion. DJ Quinn of San Francisco, California, which, <laughs> well, what do you expect, you know? <laughs> anyway, uh, he writes, uh, or she, I don't know, uh, or I shouldn't even ask. Um, and people will buy it, and it will be a success, because it will be well-written, and because the market just doesn't need yet another comic starring yet another bland white dude. <laughs> That's a racist statement there, but you can never get that through their heads. And how do you know it will be a success? You don't. Uh, he said, where's the problem? I like Black Knight, but the guy's name is literally Dane Whitman, as in white man from Denmark, a country full of white men. <laughs> and he's living a British history class. <laughs> I'm a white dude, and even I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of white right there. Seriously, this series should have starred... Faza, Excalibur, Hussein. That would have been awesome. Why? You know, why does that make it better? Well, because Faze is obviously not white. Or is it Faiza? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Uh, the whole idea of the Black Knight does come from, you know, British lore. So, <laughs> it would be kind of stupid. But there again, here's another one. So I'm assuming that, you know, this is an Arabic name, so this is probably a Muslim character, maybe. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be a Muslim, but of course, if you made an Arab character a Christian, they would really be shitting in their pants in San Francisco over that, because that would be just terrible. So uh, that's probably what he thinks uh, would make this, uh, you know, more open and uh, enlightened than the past of white supremacy comics. Uh, well, they already did this with uh, uh, Miss Marvel. Now, Miss Marvel was a character that came out in the 70s uh, designed to be like a feminist superhero, which everyone forgets. But uh, I think she was a character in the, the Marvel Comics version of Captain Marvel, and they eventually gave her some superpowers that were similar to, to his, and she became Miss Marvel. Uh, the Marvel Comics Captain Marvel, and I say that because... The original Captain Marvel was the one you know from Shazam and all that. And he was published by a company called Fawcett. And then he got sued by DC Comics for being too much like Superman. And then was, uh, you know, like sued, literally sued out of existence. And they, were the, they were ceased publication. And then by 1970 or the late 60s or whatever, DC bought the character and then tried to put it back in there. But then they couldn't use the Captain Marvel name because Marvel Comics claims all things superhero having to do with Marvel. So you can't use the title Marvel. So now he's just called Shazam. Anyway, they decided to make a Captain Marvel character. And this one was some guy who was a guy from outer space and all that. Anyway, it's, I want to get into that. So... uh his story never really got anywhere, and his most famous story was when he died uh, of cancer. So that was the end of Marvel's Captain Marvel. Then they had some other Captain Marvels, most notably a black woman in the 80s. When I was a teenager reading comics, the Marvel Comics Captain Marvel was a black woman. Imagine that. But no, no, that was back when everything was in the Dark Ages and, and racist with the white supremacy comics. I, I, I don't know. So anyway... The Miss Marvel character, uh, they decided that uh, she needed to be Captain Marvel. 
because that was better and they changed their outfit it was kind of like his costume but anyway um because i guess uh, that was more uh progressive for feminism or something i don't know but anyway she's the captain marvel now so her old name miss marvel fell to yes a little muslim girl and she's the new miss marvel uh i don't know that i i don't haven't read it and it's been p pushed and pushed and pushed and i think it's had at least another number one i don't know so i mean if it's so great and wonderful why does it need to be rebooted but anyway um i don't know she has elastic powers or something like that but anyway and I don't know that I've ever seen any stories where uh, she has to suffer under Sharia law or any of that stuff. No, no. But nevertheless, there you go. Marvel's done all this. Did it gain them anything? No. Because Ike Perlmutter gave $1 million to a charity for veterans that was hosted by Donald Trump. All right, let's take a break. And after these important messages will come... Another exciting episode of Night Night. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Well, hello there. Yes, it's Mr. Nelson. Some of you might have noticed that these films I have over at my little store are all pure crap. And that's the idea. That's why I brutalize them with my savage commentary and nasty sound effects. But you're in luck. I found a film that's actually quite good. In fact, it's a horror classic. I'm talking about Night of the Living Dead. Don't ask me. For some reason, it just was not copyright protected, and so it fell into public domain, which leaves it open to assholes like me to just dump all over it. I shouldn't, but I can't help myself. Anyway, Night of the Living Dead is about some people who spend the night in some old farmhouse when suddenly some undead cannibals show up to crash the party. Warning, due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. So what are you waiting for? Head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. There you'll find all the films that I've graced with my smart-ass commentary. So again, head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. Losano and friends. Eric Zorn from the Chicago Tribune. This, yes. This whole podcast thing is not new to you, right? I love podcasts. You're, I'm excited to hear about your network. Yeah. And uh, well, it's I, not I my network. Let's make that clear. I'm just on the, the network. network you're on. Yeah, network, I think yeah, you can yeah. say it's your network. Okay, I'll take you know, it. Like, yeah. But anyway, so so I mean, I, I really think I, I think that in, in ten years, fifteen years, terrestrial radio is going to be just gone. Yeah. The people are going to say, I don't want to listen to what you know what they want me to listen to at this time. I want to listen to what I want to listen to. On demand listening. Yeah. It's it's getting easier. Easier and easier with all this technology we have. I think it's just the, it's the way it's going. And Mike Pesca has a good daily podcast on mm -hmm. Slate, and, and he makes the argument that most people don't listen on their iPods anymore. Most people don't have iPods right. anymore. They listen on their phones. They listen right. on all the various devices. And he just says it's radio. Because, yeah. you know, we don't, we don't say, well, if you're getting HBO, it's not television. If you, if you watch something on Netflix, it's not television. It's, it's television. So what, this, what we're doing here is radio. And it's just because it's delivered in, in a different medium doesn't mean it's not basically the same thing as radio. And the, and the, the term podcast, it sounds really weird to people. It sounds foreign. Mm -hmm. uh, and, they, and they don't get it if you just say, I've got a radio show. Well, what station is it on? Well, it's on Balsano.com. Right. No, that's, that's not a radio station. Well, yeah, it is a radio station because that's, that's what radio has become. Right. You are cutting edge, my oh, friend, and so it. am I. Would you come on my podcast? Would I come on your what? <laughs> <laughs> 
Lasano and friends. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. On the Conti and Kenny show, you never know who's going to show up. Speaking of let the guy do all the work, we got Doug Nelson on the phone. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, Doug, do you want to uh, do the news real quick? Oh, boy, do I. Nice. (laughs) And now the news with Douglas Nelson. Yes. Student driver crashes car through front of driving school. (laughs) I I took my driving test basically with my cock out. I had no idea, but I wasn't. I was commando in um, in shorts and uh, the zipper. My my fly was down the entire time. I noticed it as we were starting the test, so I couldn't like take my hands off the wheel and zip my fly up. I'm sitting there taking the entire test with my basically with my cock out, Jeez. and it was a black woman. I got I got I got like a 97. Wow. Yeah, I, I I did really well. Well, she must have thought you were quite I, I, large I, for a white guy. I've been driving since I was 14, but I didn't. I I'm sitting no, there. No, no, she just she never noticed it. <laughs> Charming, aren't they? Yes, the surprises never cease on the Conti and Kenny Show. Follow them on Twitter at CNK Show. And for all other info about Conti and Kenny, go to thecontiandkennyshow.com. So, life didn't turn out the way you'd hoped it would, huh? That can really make you feel down in the dumps. But here's the good news. Now there's a show where you can listen to a man whose life has got to be more pathetic than yours. Yes, I'm talking about the Rob Zoll Show. Tune in and feel a little better about yourself because you're not Rob Zoll. This is Night Night, and I'm here to tell you that you're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Previously on Night Night. You and the others fill your bags with the jewels. Okay, boss. (coughs) Shut up. (laughs) Look at him squirm. (laughs) If only we had the time to stay and observe just how scared this little pisshead could get. (coughs) Damn, boss. There's your answer. You scared the shit out of him. This is stupid, Night Night. He ain't gonna show up. Patience, Bobo. That is a necessary trait of a true detective. Otherwise, you miss important details. You're missing the important detail of him not being here. No, you are. Your destructing nonsense has cost us precious time. We're clearly in the wrong place, you idiot. Look, boss, it's night night. The fool, he doesn't even seem to know we're here. Well, in the meantime, he should make an excellent distraction for the police as we make good. Our escape. And now, part two of Night Night versus the Boogeyman. Later, after spending hours searching empty warehouses, the masked marvels finally return home. Hey, hey, you're finally home. How come y'all didn't stop the boogeyman? What are you talking about, Smedley? We never even saw the boogeyman all night. Oh, man, he attacked them all. It was on the news. I saw them people freaking out. 
but the night cruiser just passed on by. I told you, night-night. Nah, hush up, Bobo. You didn't tell me shit. You merely suspected. And suspicion alone is not enough. You need cold, hard facts. You call that stupid list of warehouses facts? Don't doubt my system, Bobo. It can't go wrong. Well, it did tonight. No, Bobo. It's possible. Boogeyman was using some of those buildings, but had left before we got there. He's too smart to stay at one place for long. But, Mr. Lyle, them screaming people, I mean, that's got Boogeyman written all over it. You could have had him right there. Shut up, Smedley. You're denouncing me in front of the boy. Boy? He's 23. Yeah. Well, look, get back to the club and leave the crime fighting to me. All right, Bubo. Let's look at what happened here. Somehow, some way, Boogeyman managed to dupe us. He duped you, not me. If you had listened... If I had listened to you, we would have uh, drained the car battery listening to the radio. But you know what? Where do you think the Boogeyman is, Bubo? Come on, smarty pants. Where is he? Well, I... I don't know. Exactly. You don't know. Pfft, idiot. Now, I think it's time we paid a little visit to our old friend Whitlin and ask him why he didn't bother to inform me of Boogeyman's current crime wave. Also, I may need to remind him of the evidence I have of his infidelity. That'll go to his wife if he doesn't cooperate. Manay, that's wrong! He's the commissioner of the police department. Boo-boo! How many times must I remind you that the night-night crusade is paramount? If I didn't blackmail Wetman, he'd have the entire city police force after us, you idiot. Besides, if he was the fine, upstanding man you seem to think he is, he wouldn't have cheated on his wife. Now let's go! And at Commissioner Wetman's office... Sarah, hold calls and visits. I need to concentrate on this boogeyman case. Yes, sir. <sighs> what a mess. At least four dead from heart attacks thanks to the boogeyman's fear gas. Well, thank God Night Night just drove on by. The last thing we need is that idiot barging in on this. Meanwhile, a block away. What are we stopping here for? Wet One's office is a block away. Well, clearly our relationship with Wet One has become rather volatile. I can't trust him to give us any information up front. So we need to employ a little espionage. I used to just bug his office, but he'd always find them. Ah, hush up! Now, here's the plan. We're going to climb this building, then cross over and access Wetwin's office through his office skylight. Oh, whoops! Went right into the window of that room and hooked to the ceiling. Hey, oh, well. Who the hell shot this shit through my window? Uh-oh! Quick, Bubo. Shoot him with a tranquilizer dart. Ah! Tagged him, night-night. Huh, but... He's kind of hanging out of his window. We better push him back inside when we get up there. No, he'll be all right, Bobo. Let's go. And so our heroes do indeed scale the wall and then hop over to City Hall and then reach the skylight overlooking Wet One's office. Okay, Bobo, here's the deal. I'm going to use my high-powered mic to listen in on Wet One's conversation while you use your camera to zoom in on any paperwork Wet One or other officers might be reading. Got that? Okay, night night. All right, let's do this. <clears throat> Careful, Bubo. We don't want to occupy too much of the same space on this skylight. What do you mean? 
Well, our combined weight could break through the glass. And, well, I've noticed you've been packing away quite a few Twinkies here lately. Shit! All right, like I'm the fat one. Yeah, look at that gut! Wait, what's that noise? Oh no, it's breaking! What? Oh no! Whoa! <coughs> what the hell? <laughs> Night Night and Bubo? <sighs> oh, damn it, Commissioner! That filing cabinet collided with me. I could have been seriously injured. What the hell are you doing, Night Night? You, you, you bastard! Hey! Don't take that tone of voice with me! Sir? What's going on in here? You alright? Yeah, just just wait outside. I'll, I'll I'll deal with this this whatever it is. Uh, okay, sir. <sighs> all right, night night. What is this all about? We need information. I was just going to clandestinely monitor your office, but damn it, night night. Spying on me is illegal. You know, I found another crescent-shaped bug the other day. None of which would be necessary if you'd only cooperate. Come on, commissioner. You know that I am the solution to this boogeyman case. Oh yeah. You had a shot at catching him yesterday. Explain that. Well, with a uh, panic erupting, I thought it was wise to err on the side of caution, out of concern for public safety. But really? You you finally took the civilian population into account? No! I told him it was the boogeyman! No, no! Shut up, Rubo! Yeah, just as I suspected. Another dumbass move. Listen, I don't want you anywhere near this case, Night-Night. Boogeyman's too dangerous. Yeah, Commissioner. We spent the whole day Boo-boo. hanging around warehouses. But I told him about the panic at the mall, but he refused to believe wait, me. Wait, wait, wait. I What's mean, this? I figured a it secret out well before he did. Yeah, Boobo, I don't care. Now, why don't you just get your little ass out of here? Boobo, the Commissioner is a busy man, so leave him alone. Let's go. We'll take your advice, wet one, and stay out of this case until you say otherwise. What? Wait a minute. What's that stuff in the back of your night-night panties? I don't know what you're talking about. Come on, Boobo. Hey! That looks like one of my files. Stop right there, night-night! Quick, Boobo! Out this window! (laughs) Damn, we nearly busted our asses! Never mind that, Boobo. To the night cru- Oh, shit, I forgot. The night cruiser is a block away. And we're gonna have to run for it. Okay, let's go! Come on, night-night! Hurry up! Come on, (laughs) night-night! Wait! Damn you! Damn you, Boobo! You wait up for me! Don't you take off like that! What the hell? Who's this idiot? Hey, that's that guy I tagged earlier with the nighty night dart. What? No, he must be a crazy jumper. No, remember? He was hanging outside his window while we climbed up his building's wall. Uh. No, no, oh shit, let's get, he's, let's get going, he, he's waking up. What happened? Huh? Let's hey. go, Bobo. Night-night! Hey, come back here, you assholes! I'm gonna sue you! Yeah, get in line, pal. But never that guy. It's just dumb luck he landed on this when he stupidly fell out of his window. Otherwise, he could have busted his ass. But it's our fault for putting him in that situation. No, you mean it's your fault. You're the one who put a tranquilizer dart in him. You told me to! No, boo Well, what do we do now, Night-Night? Well, from this file I managed to get from Wetman's office, we can now find property that belongs to Professor Shitsless. That's where we'll go next. Well, who the hell is Professor Shitsless? Damn it, boo That's Boogeyman's real name. Well, I just, I just thought he was always Boogeyman. 
<laughs> Bubo! Come on! Is your name really Bubo? No! Damn it! God. When we get through with this case, you need to go back to the Knight's Lair and get on the Knight computer and study up on the files of our rogues gallery. No! I don't want to do that! Well, you need to. Meanwhile, at the Boogeyman's hideout... Yes, Tiny. Now I have a tank containing several tons of my fear toxin, ready to be released on the entire city. <laughs> but boss, you wasted all of our loot on more of this chemical shit. You fool, I'm not in this for the money. I'm in this for the pursuit of my experiments in fear. You gotta be shitting me, right? I shit you not, I... Wait, what's that noise? And at that moment, the night cruiser smashes through the wall of Boogeyman's hideout. Yeehaw, Night Night! He crashed right into Boogeyman's house. Yeah, no shit, Rubo. It's all over, Boogeyman. Give it up. Curse you, Night Night. You, you... Oh, oh no! Do, do you realize what you've done? Yes, I've captured you, that's what. No, you idiot! Your ridiculous night car just smashed open my giant tank of fear gas and... and we're, we're all breathing it in! We're all going to freak out! What? Oh no! Mubo, quick! Get gas masks! Mubo! Mubo, what are you doing? Get back here, you little... And so, Night Night, Bubo, and the Boogeyman gang succumb to the effects of Boogeyman's fear gas and run out into the streets, screaming in sheer panic. As they do, onlookers react to this bizarre scene. <laughs> but then the fear toxin reaches the crowd as well. But, unbeknownst to Night Night, the police had a SWAT team about to charge in on Boogeyman when Night Night crashed in, releasing the fear gas, which now reaches said SWAT team. Shit! Uh, the police are gonna kill us, Night Night! Let's get inside, Night Cruiser! Uh, here, we'll take this anti fear toxin Night Night capsule. I can't swallow pills! Don't argue with me, dammit! Shove it down! Uh, oh, yeah. Now let's haul ass. <laughs> this shit tastes nasty. Get out of the way, you piss ants. Look out! Uh-oh. Oh, well. Watch out where you're going, dumbass. And so our masked marvels escape the chaos of screams and bullets. But little do they know, they have an uninvited guest hiding in the backseat of the night cruiser. <coughs> <coughs> What's the matter, Bobo? <coughs> Those pills. <coughs> they were chalky, and they burned my throat. I need water. We'll get water at the night's lair. <coughs> no, I need water now. Oh, oh I, I think I'm going to throw up. Not in here, you're not. <coughs> okay, I'll throw up in the back seat. What? No! <coughs> Damn you, Bobo! <coughs> what? Oh, no! It's the boogeyman! What? What are you doing here, Boogeyman? And how come the fear toxin is no longer affecting you? Because, Night Night, I too have an antidote. Now pull over. I'm taking over this car. 
<laughs> what makes you think I'll do that? This gun pointed at your ass. Oh no! Damn, Night Night, why'd you do that? Shut up, Bubo. Shut up, the both of you. I still have the gun. Oh shit! Yes, that car crash move was a waste of time, Night Night. No matter how bold it was. What? Alright. I mean, yes. I'll stop at nothing to stop you, Boogeyman. The bullets in this gun say otherwise. Now, Bubo, hand over your utility belt and weapon satchel. Uh, okay. And now you, Night Knight, hand over your utility belt. Um, uh, come on, dammit! I don't have all D! Uh, look, listen, uh, I'll just empty out all the compartments and, uh, give you my weapons and equipment. Uh, that way I can keep the belt on. What? Quit playing around, Night Knight, and give me the belt! <sighs> all right, all right. There you go. There, now I... Good lord. Night-night. You really let yourself go. I mean, just look at that gut. Hey, come on. That's always been there. Shut up, Bubo. Pathetic, Night-night. A man like you shouldn't be caught dead in tights. But that's exactly what's going to happen. What? Both of you, get down on your knees. What are you going to do? What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to kill the both of you. Stop your whimpering. <laughs> Even without fear toxin, I can instill fear into the masked marvels of Cineopolis. <laughs> Listen, Boogeyman, you, you, you don't have to do this. We, we, we won't tell anyone that you got away. We'll just, we'll just forget the whole thing. <laughs> no deals, Night Night. Now watch as I blow Boobo's fruity head off his shoulders. <laughs> ah, it's all over my gun. Uh, quick, Bobo. Get his gun. Damn it. Damn it. Lost my gun down that drain. Well, I'm still more than a match for you two freaks. We'll see about that. Get him, Bobo. I'm too sick to fight night-night. Well, so much for your hand-to-hand -hand combat skills, Night-Night. No, this can't be the end. Seems that tender Night-Belly provided me with a rather large target. <laughs> he means you're fat, Night-Night. Shut up, Boo! How could I have ever thought that a weak and flabby sack of shit like you could ever be a true opponent for the Boogeyman? Well, you forget one thing, Boogeyman. What's that? That we're on the side of a busy highway. And so I need only kick you into the oncoming traffic. What? Ah! What the hell? I think he hit somebody. Oh, shit. Relax, citizens. That was just a silly prop for, um, a uh, costume party. You two can be on your way. Oh. Well, all right. Great grease guts, Night-Night. He must have broke every bone in Boogeyman's body. Serves him right, Bobo. Let's go. Night-Night, aren't we going to pull Boogeyman out of that ditch? Do I look like the sanitation department? Screw him. Let's all ass. Later at the Night's Lair, Night-Night watches the news. And still no word on the whereabouts of supervillain Boogeyman, whom police hold completely responsible for the worst massacre in Cityopolis history. That's the news. I'm Wanir Wankir. 
Which is the Power Rangers. No, oh, damn it, I'm watching the news. News is over. I don't give a shit. I'll be damned if I have to sit through that mockery of superheroism. But wait a minute. The police still haven't found Boogeyman? Haven't uh, found him. Um, uh, hmm, well... He can still be in that dead ditch. By now, he can be getting eaten alive by ants night-night. Well, a fitting end for his kind, Bubo. Thus ends another amazing adventure of Night-Night. This has been a Nailsin production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? I was in the milk long before someone paid me to drive it around town. I guess I always liked it because it was wet and white, unless it had chocolate in it. But most of all, because it was milky. My buddy Joe, he, he sucks it right out of the cow. But I'm happy with it in a glass. So I've been a milkman now for close to 20 years. And as every good milkman knows, you're going to need to have a shit kit. Just a simple plastic milk crate with a plastic bag stretched on the top. You squat down on that and answer nature's call. And if some vagrant finds it on a cold winter day and stinks it for some discarded food, well, that's just too bad, you know, man. It sucks to be you. But I got to be me. And what am I? I'm a milkman. Mmm, mmm, milk is good food. And a proud sponsor of The Bob Levy Show. A lot of creepy, a lot of good-looking girls in this audience now. I got a fucking log in my underwear. That's right, I had a wooden cock. I was circumcised with a pencil sharpener. Our pal, the late, great Otto Peterson, is no longer with us. But his legacy of laughs lives on at autoandgeorge.com. There you can order Otto and George's new DVD slash CD in concert. And you can get his new t-shirt. Or anything Otto and George can be found at autoandgeorge.com. The Bob Levy Show supports Warrior Point, Inc. It was created to be the number one rallying point for any and all veterans who have honorably served this great nation. It does not matter whether you served your time during peacetime, wartime, or if you're still serving. If you served in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, or National Guard, you are welcome as a member of Warrior Point. So join the ranks of Warrior Point to support one another and to help raise awareness of the issues you face as defenders of our great nation. Follow them on Twitter at Warrior Point and friend them on Facebook and go to warriorpoint.org. And now, it's time for another episode of Perhaps, But Maybe Not. A giant gas cloud is coming toward us at 700,000 miles per hour. But don't worry, it will take about 30 million years to get here. 
It's a case of what goes up must come down, according to Hubble Space Telescope astronomers, who say the space cloud likely originated in our galaxy and is boomeranging back. When it returns, they predict a spectacular burst of star formation, perhaps providing enough gas to make two million suns. Astronomers are aware of many space clouds, but the Smith's cloud is unique because its trajectory is well known. The cloud is an example of how the galaxy is changing with time, said Andrew Fox of the Space Telescope Science Institute in Baltimore, Maryland. It's telling us that the Milky Way is a bubbling, very active place where gas can be thrown out of one part of the disk and then returned back down into another. Doctoral astronomy student Gail Smith discovered the Smith Cloud in the 1960s. Researchers believed it is 11,000 light-years long and 2,500 light-years across. Fox and his team recently used the Hubble Space Telescope to learn about the cloud's chemical composition and origin. According to HubbleSite.org, the astronomers found that the Smith Cloud is as rich in sulfur as the Milky Way's outer disk, a region about 40,000 light-years from the galaxy's center, about 15,000 light-years farther than our Sun and our solar system. This means that the Smith Cloud was enriched by material from stars. That would not happen if it were pristine hydrogen from outside the galaxy, or if it were the remnant of a failed galaxy devoid of stars. Instead, the cloud appears to have been ejected from within the Milky Way and is now boomeranging back. How the space cloud was catapulted from the Milky Way in the first place and what has kept it together remain unknown. Only more research will delve. The astronomers' findings appear in this month's edition of the Astrophysical Journal Letters. So, are we on a collision course with the gaseous cloud of death? Perhaps. But maybe not. No, we are. But I didn't have anything else. Well, maybe one more thing. Yes, it's time for... Advice from Chinese Fortune Cookies. If a man has common sense. He has all the sense there is. Yeah, maybe they'll step that up next time. All right, before I turn out the lights here at RadioMisfits.com and bring this episode of the Mr. Nelson Show to an end, I just want to offer my condolences to the friends and family of uh, ECW wrestler uh, Axel Rotten. Axel Rotten did the Nasty and Rotten segment with Bob Levy on the Bob Levy Show, and uh, he was a good friend of Bob's and a uh, good friend of the show, and uh, he'll be missed. And it was sudden, and it's sad, and uh, again, my condolences to uh, his friends and family. Uh, we put up a tribute show of his uh, Nasty and Rotten uh, segments, and you can go listen to that also here on uh, RadioMisfits.com in the section of the uh, Bob Levy show. All right. Uh, Good night, everybody. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked.